It's time for Making It Personal, a personalized SC podcast. Let's jump into today's episode. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Making It Personal podcast. I'm your host, Carrie Fersner, and today I am joined by a very special guest. We have with us today, Era Roberts from Batesburg Leesville High School in South Carolina. So we're going to start by allowing Era to introduce herself, tell us a little bit about yourself, and then we'll jump into the conversation. Sure. Well, thank y'all so much for having me. As Terry said, I'm Era Roberts, the Assistant Principal for Instruction at Batesburg-Leesville High School in Lexington School District 3. Love working in my school district. It's a, a small rural school district. We're kind of a one-system school district, so we have a primary, an elementary, a middle, and a high, and very blessed to work in a district that is very focused on personalized learning and having that be like a K-12 continuum for our students. So it's something that we enjoy and that we believe in for our students. And I'm excited to talk with y'all about today. So we'll start off by um, asking you about the South Carolina competencies. So how did you first learn about the competencies and what were your first reactions when you first saw them or interacted with them? So of course they're based on the profile of the graduate and that's been something that ever since it's come out in South Carolina really kind of guides what we want for our students, especially working out of high school and knowing that we are the group that produces graduates. It it is already a piece that we have centered in our work. Um, So when the competencies came out, I was working with the Office of Personalized Learning and we had some convenings that we went to. I believe it was the coaching convenings where we were kind of getting to look at them. They were starting to roll out. Uh, Just glimpses into that these things were coming out and this is kind of the profile that we were looking at and what those skills would be. So kind of got a glimpse there. And then this past year, I noticed that it was included in the SLO template for all of South Carolina that you could also use the profile of the graduate competency. So I said, oh, let's dig in here and let's just a little bit deeper at these competencies and see where we are with them. And when I dug into the site and saw that everything was built out, you know, from levels one through seven in all of the different competencies, we were like, oh, yes, they are here and they are ready and they look great. And I had some teachers that got um, involved in it at that time. So we were looking at what their goals were for their students. And just from what their goals were, it naturally aligned with the competencies already. So that was a place that I was able to start with some people. And then now we've grown it even more to a school-wide approach. So um, got introduced to them through the Office of Personalized Learning and the coaching uh, work that we have done. And then, of course, the state has supported that and expanded it. Awesome. So to that point, you talked about your staff kind of dabbling a little bit with the competency. So um, to that end, what uh, I guess you said that you started, you know, looking into them and things like that. What actually led you to introduce them to your staff and how exactly did you introduce them to your staff? Like what were your first steps with that? So we have been really working to be a personalized learning school. It's always something that's included in our goals for our school because we believe that all of our students deserve an education that is tailored to them to grow them. Um, So really that main mindset of personalized learning being about growing each learner. Um, And of course, to know how to grow each learner, you have to know where each learner is. So We were already looking into work, especially in our math and our English departments, to 
build out continuums based on competencies kind of more tied to the South Carolina standards, but of course, focusing in on the skills that were tied to those standards. We were already doing that work through this past summer and kind of moving into this school year. But of course, it's not something that we want to only be happening in our English and in our math classrooms. So when I was working with the Office of Personalized Learning Fellowship opportunity, we did an even deeper dive into the competencies and that work there, um, just we were in one meeting and just dug into the competencies and looked at them. And it just kind of sparked a little thought of, all of, all of my teachers need to look at this. All of my teachers have an investment in these competencies because of what they're about. You know, they're about using sources, designing solutions, navigating conflict, just things that we do all the time. And I phrased it to them when I brought it into our professional learning was looking at that, you know, it's like a little um, eight, one pager essentially that shows what the competencies are. And I just put it up and said, you know, look at this. Is there at least one thing on here that you want for your students, regardless of what you teach, but that you want to grow them in? And everyone could say, absolutely, I want to grow them in either all of those things or the majority of those things, but everybody Every single person, this I think is huge whenever you're talking about like wanting to make systemic change. Every person said, yes, these are the things that I want for my students. And I thought that that was just our jumping off point. And we have started that work from there. And I just told everybody, you know, start with one competency, one skill level at the place that you think is best for your students. And we'll go in from there and then we'll grow it and we'll implement it and we'll try, you know, to figure it out and to work with it. But I just think because they, they are about the profile of the graduate. They are about South Carolina graduates. We are in the business of building graduates. And it is something that already naturally ties into every single classroom with what we do. And they're already built out. So that's pretty much the inspiration. I know that was probably a longer answer. No, I love it. <laughs> I love it. And they're such an approachable tool. Like they are ready to go. Like just open them up and look at them. And probably any teacher at any level will find a place to start. Uh, they're they're just, they're great. Y'all did a, such a great job building those out. I love how you are bridging the connection between personalized learning and competency-based learning with these competencies because they really do yes. go hand in hand. And I like what you said just now about how can we grow students if we don't know where they are or if they don't know where they are. So I think the competencies are just a really great tool for that particular reason. Now, um, my colleague Kristen has briefly spoken to me about um, your use of one-point rubrics. Could you talk to um, our audience a little bit about the one-point rubric um, and whether or not this was an easy entry point for um, for you all, for your staff. Um, tell us a little bit more about that. So through the partnership with the Office of Personalized Learning Fellowship, I got to participate in some great professional learning that provided us templates for the one-point rubric and the three-point rubric. They were set up where you could get, you know, have it where it was just grows and glows, or you could have extra room for teacher feedback, room for student reflection. So there were just several templates that were already provided. So that was great for me uh, just to be able to kind of grab those, turn them around, put them into our Google Drive and have them ready for my teachers. So there wasn't a lot of extra work on that end. Um, and they lined up so well with the way that the competencies were already designed, that they they laid each other together really nicely. So basically, we could say, look at the one area of the competency that you just want to start with. And then let's take a look at here. Like, let's just start with a one-point rubric. 
But if you just want to take just the skills, like if using sources is something you're already doing um, and you just want to have a little bit more guidance with those I can statements, just copy, paste, put them in the one point group and roll with it. Um, and you can print them out if you want to. I mean, Google Classroom, if you want to, you know, I really just encourage everybody to just take a, a one point rubric, take one skill. I said, of course, if you want to do more than one skill, you can, but like start with at least one skill for one competency on a one point rubric and use it for at least one month uh, and mm -hmm. put it in the hands of your students. And so that's where we were with all of our, with our work. Like, as I said earlier, everyone agreed that these are skills they want for their students. And it's a great continuum level one through seven. So everyone can find the place that works for their students and start from there. So that's where we were. Um, and I feel like the one point rubrics are a wonderful entry point just to give a lot of flexibility, but also pull right from those competencies and start using them in your classroom like the next day. E like easy, copy paste. <laughs> So give me an example of how a teacher might use that one point rubric with students. Can you think of like, or give me like one example of that? Sure. So um, learning independently is one that a lot of my folks chose to go with. As y'all know, um, we've had hybrid this year. We've had quarantine students. We've had virtual students that, you know, all varieties of learning platforms. And so with that, learning independently is something that we know our students need to grow in because sometimes when given complete freedom and flexibility, they don't choose to do the things to develop as a learner that they need to. And part of that is just getting guidance on what are those skills that you need to be able to learn independently. It's easy to expect a kid to be an independent learner. It's more about teaching the skills to become an independent learner. And so several of them chose that to, to dig into. And one of my teachers turned the prompt from the ICANN statements around into a Google form. And she just pops out to them in the middle of the week and they, you know, kind of rate themselves and tell her their own pride point of where they felt like they were the strongest and their own grow. And that's an opportunity for her to know what do they need help on and, you know, do it in the middle of the week so that she has time to turn it around, give them feedback. She's just turning it around to them each week. And really it's about reflection, but also it's about them engaging with what those skills are. So for a lot of our students, just them seeing the I can statements about what those skills are that help them be a more independent learner is all that they need to like tune in and focus. But then also she gives them that opportunity to brag on themselves and promote what they're doing well and to tell her what they need help with. So it's something quick and easy that she can write around into a Google form, but you can do it, you know, paper or um, load it in Google Classroom or however works best for you. That's just one way that she turned it around and has got it in the hands of her students right away. Oh, I love that example. I love that. That's very like, just like you said, like you can turn around and use this tomorrow. I love it. So my next question for you is um, as a coach, um, how did you coach your teachers towards using the competencies? Because, you know, oftentimes when something new, you know, is introduced to staff, um, I understand that you said that your staff had that buy-in because you guys were already on that personalizing student learning train. And so their perspective was already there. But did you have any reluctant teachers or any reluctant folks? And how did you coach them towards using the competencies if that was the case? 
Sure. Well, I mean, I think it really is a variety of, of people that we work with. And so every, what I ask everybody to do after that PD time uh, was to create at least a one-point rubric, as I said earlier, with at least one of the skills in at least one of the competencies. And they all shared those with me. Um, but I wanted to back it up for just a minute. I meant to share this before. I think what really helped us is that we, as you were saying, we are in this journey and our English and our math teams have been working in this. So what we did in that PD session to start out with is we had an article from KnowledgeWorks where one of our primary school teachers was featured. And so we looked at that and said, what do you notice? Like, what do you like about what's happening at the primary school? And then what do you notice about what they're doing that we already do here? And what do you notice about what they're doing that you want? to do here. Mm. Those were kind of our starting points. Then we heard from our English and our math teachers and said, how does what you see at primary school, you know, where you see these four and five-year-olds talking about, I can, you know, read my letters and I can point read and all the, just these things that they're doing. How does that relate to what we're doing here at the high school level? And so they shared their rubrics and they shared their experiences. So these are our, this is how it's happening here at our school with our students. And I also shared with my folks that, you know, that English and math have been working with knowledge works all through the summer and they've been having regular check-ins. And so they, they are ahead. Like, please don't look at where they are and say, this is where I need to be today. Like I didn't want them to think that at all. I said, we are at the starting point. We are going to use these tools that of, of what we want for our students to build from. And that's whenever we led into, here's some templates, they're already here, you know, open it up, it automatically makes a copy, take a look at them, see which one you like. Here are the ways you can engage with the competency. So I had those links in there for them so they could just open up and look at using sources or look at expressing ideas, look at reading critically and all these kind of terms I'm using for people who aren't familiar are the competencies. So they're, you know, things, as I said before, that our teachers are already doing. So just kind of take a look at one, decide where you want to start with and build that rubric. And then everybody, as I said, shared it with me. I put them all into a Google sheet. So everybody's rubric was linked in there and went through and just gave feedback. So if I noticed that they had used, you know, a three point rubric, um, you know, I just give a little bit of feedback on that, you know, prompting them to reflect on how that's working for them, you know, so like is checking off all three of these boxes across multiple skills, I'd say, wow, like this is a heavy lift. Like, you know, let me know how it goes. And if you feel that there's a, there's a lot of work here to be checking all these skills at all these levels for all your students, then feel free to pair it back to a one point rubric. Um, or I would you know, pair up folks who were, somebody was doing the learning independently one point rubric. And another person was doing learning independently three point rubric. And so I just say like, hey, take a look at each other's each other some you know support if you need because y'all are already working on the same thing you're approaching it two different ways so what let's learn from each other from that uh, some of them I would notice that it just wasn't constructed right like maybe whenever they were building their rubric they needed some coaching on you know what a skill was versus a competency or a level and just helping them to craft the rubric the right way because I want to make sure that we start from the right place so that was some feedback for some folks 
Um, and they're just all sitting there ready for our next learning session together where, like I said, I asked everybody to use it for one month. So the next go around, they are going to share their reflections about how it has gone, what they have learned, and be able to, to share with each other and start another iteration. So for us, it is really about cyclical learning. And I tell them all the time, like, it's research. Like, all the stuff that we do is research. We're learning. I no, in no way expect it to be perfect. But I think the biggest thing is that we are putting these I can statements about competencies for a graduate in our students' hands and that there are levels and that our students can know where they are and what they need to do to grow. Um, I just think that they're a great pool that everyone can approach and work with to use in their classroom. Yes. And um, I, I love just, like you said, just the the focal point of your school has always just been about, you know, just personalizing student learning and starting from there. And now you've been able to kind of marry the use of the competencies in that very unique, but, you know, easy to apply way. So I would definitely be interested in hearing, you know, your teacher's reflective process after that first iteration. I like that you said that too, because Oftentimes when we start something new, we think that we need to get it right the first time. But I love that you put it that way. Like this is research. Like we're just, we're trying things. We're, you know, seeing what works. We're seeing what works best for kids. And then we take it through another iteration and we get better and better and better over time. I love it. So next thing that I want to ask you is this, for someone who might be listening, who may have never heard of the South Carolina competencies. By the way, if you're listening and you have not heard of the competencies, they will be linked in the description box of this episode. But if there's someone listening who's never tried the competencies before, they're an educator, um, what advice would you give them on how to get started? And what might you say to someone who might see this as like one more thing? Like, you know, we're, we're in like, we're all in kind of like that, you know, that space of just trying to get by and like, you know, just trying to do our very best. And for a lot of folks, you know, once again, new things can sometimes come across as like, oh, this is just one more thing. Like, what advice would you say to someone who may have that perspective? Absolutely. And, and I had those discussions with a couple of people too. Uh, but what I shared with folks as we were working in it and the ones who had questions uh, was, you know, what, what is your next unit? Like, what are you already built going to be building out in a couple of weeks? Like, what are you already going to be doing? And so let's look at that. And so we would just look at that rubric. And then I'd say like, oh, well, right here, like me, this looks like expressing ideas, you know, like what do you, is like, what is your goal for them? Like based on these things that you already have in your either like checklist or your rubric or your, whatever your assessment is, like, what is your goal? Like, let's look at the competencies. Let's look at what your goal is. And every time there are pieces of the competencies that already lined up in there. So that was a, a really nice piece. So like, let's say, okay, let's open up expressing ideas. Now take a look at these skill pieces because that's what they are. And is there any part of what your rubric, like what you were already planning that we can just replace that in? Or if not on the assessment end, if we really feel like we need to stay where we are on the final assessment piece in our task portion, like where we're building to that, could we put, would it be helpful to put this in the hands of students to help you get the better product on the back end? Yeah. Um, and so that was another way of approaching it is, well, maybe this is just a guide for your students to help get, build a better product. So if you're not ready to use it at assessment yet, then maybe we just use it in the building part for now. Um, and 
where I had some folks who were not wanting to do anything else or new, that's where also being an administrator instead of a coach probably makes me a little bit different where I just said like, we are building graduates here and these are competencies for our graduates and we're going to, so pick, pick one. Like, you know, like that's what we're doing and we're going to go from there. And so, you know, those are just very few, very few cases. Uh, but I think that if you, be- if you as the leader don't believe in these competencies, then it's not going to take, you know, like, because you have to authentically believe in, in, I guess what you're selling. Um, but, and if you believe in it and see it as the best thing for your students, then it's going to come through in your coaching conversations. It's going to come through in your professional development pieces and, um, just all kind of all the work that you do. And, you know, it kind of naturally for me ties back into a lot of conversations outside of, you know, PD time people, I'll just be talking with people be in classrooms or people will come by and we're just tying it back in like, Oh, what about this? How can we tie this in? What do you think about this? Um, and so it's grown. Like I said, we even had it, people doing it in their SLOs because it just naturally fit in. So as the instructional leader, the biggest piece I think is to open them up, get to know them, dive into them and see if you believe in them. Um, and if you do believe in them, then I think you can start some great professional learning work in your building with college graduate competencies. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Era. We'll take a break, but we'll be right back. We are back with Miss Era Roberts, and we're back just in time for our special segment that I like to call Making It or Breaking It. So, Era, you're going to either share with us a make, which will be um, something that either you have done or seen to make personalized learning happen in your context, or a break, which would be a concern, a barrier, or something that we just as educators need to give a break to in order to let personalized learning flourish for students in our context. So which will it be, make or break? Well, you know, I'm a positive person, so we're going to (laughs) go with make. Okay. And so for me, one of the pieces, as I was sharing earlier, we have been working with our math and our English departments on building out those continuums. And the continuums are heavy in in content because it's like as, especially maybe high school teachers, but I think a a lot of teachers, you know, we were all trained in like, we must be teaching the standards. And we are, I am not saying in any way that we are not teaching the standards. We 100% are teaching our standards and teaching our content and growing our students. Um, But that was the kind of struggle point that we were looking at, you know, just trying to make them just snap right together with the competencies. And they can snap together, but you kind of got to pick like, where do you want to lead off? from, you know, you got to have that like lead off, but I guess, you know, you can't like start with, with both at the same time. Um, so whenever we had some folks decide to shift to leading with the competency, which really is to say leading with the skill, um, and then snapping in the content, like adding to the skill with the content, that is a great step forward for us to say like, because the competencies are already broken out and the skills were already leveled. And it's something that when you're talking about wanting to have like a profile of learning for your students where they can engage and they can be almost like checking off or actually checking off what they're mastering. 
you need those pieces. Like you need those skills, you need those levels that was already built out and approachable for everyone. And then adding the content in like to make sure that you were teaching all of your content or the students were engaging with all of your content and learning within the content, but also being able to demonstrate their skill, um, I think was a big piece for us. And we are excited to be using the same competencies and skills across the whole building because now your social studies teachers and your English teachers can be singing from the same sheet of paper. Um, and, and really just any department is using the same terms, the same skills. And I'm, I'm you know, in my vision world, that we will one day, probably not too just teacher, get to a place where we can have those profiles of our learners' competencies. And that they can demonstrate those competencies in different content areas and be earning credit in different content areas, but still, you know, growing in the same skill so that they can develop even more rapidly to the highest levels of learners. And so that's like my ultimate goal for us, for where I want us to be at. Uh, but I think that that was our making it point was just choosing to start with the skill and then add the content has helped with um, us building this and implementing this more rapidly and more approachably for everyone. Thank you so much for sharing that. And as you were talking, I was just reflecting on something else that you said that kind of aligns with something that um, I heard someone say before, which was that, you know, oftentimes we make assumptions that students should already know the skills. And so we all spend, you know, we spend all the time on the content, but you know, if we ask ourselves, like, are we really providing opportunities for, you know, students to master some of those things on the profile, like knowing how to learn or, you know, critical thinking, problem solving, having integrity, being self-directed, like sometimes those aren't things that just come by osmosis. So I love that, you know, you guys were able to make that connection and find value in the profile of the South Carolina graduate competencies and, and be able to kind of move forward and use those to really boost your students and help them to, you know, find tangible ways to grow in those skills. So I love it. Thank you so much, Era, for being here with us. The last thing that I will ask you is if there's anyone out there listening who wants to get in touch with you or wants to see more of your story with Batesburg Leesville High School, how might they be able to best reach you? Absolutely. We would love to have y'all reach out. So um, I, again, I'm Era Roberts and you can get me at E Roberts at lex3.org. Um, and of course, you can look us up online, check out our high school. You can Google Batesburg Leesville High School. I am sure we are the only Batesburg Leesville High School out there. And, um, or it is blhs.lex3.org. So blhs.lex3.org. You can look us up and we will just love to support y'all in any way we can. Oh, and I'm on Twitter at Era A. Roberts. You can get me that way too. I love seeing all the work that's happening with personalized learning across our nation and especially in our state. So look me up, follow me, let me follow you and let's just like have great learning together. Thank you so much for this opportunity to share, Carrie. Uh, I love the Office of Personalized Learning and all the work that y'all do. Y'all have been a blessing to our students and our school district and our teachers. And I'm just thankful to get to share this work through the state. Awesome, awesome. Thank you so much. We'll be right back to close things out. Thanks again for tuning in to today's episode of Making It Personal. 
Connect with the Office of Personalized Learning by visiting our website, personalizedsc.ed.sc.gov. If you enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to subscribe, share with a friend, and tune in for a new episode every month. We'll catch you next time on Making It Personal. See ya!